Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My alignment is putting on a face mask in a hotel room. My alignment is treating myself to a leisurely solo stroll with a cold bottle of sparkling water after a gruelling but rewarding gym session. My alignment is doing scene on screen dance classes or any online classes that take my fancy. I love dancing as it allows me to escape the pressures of everyday life and gives me an hour or so just to be me. My alignment is waking up before anyone in the house on a weekend morning, going for a walk around the park and then making myself an over elaborate breakfast which I eat while watching the birds in the garden. My alignment is running. I hate running with other people because A, I'm competitive, so I always try to overtake people, and B, I just like going out on my own, whether it's to loud music, a podcast, or just listening to my surroundings. My alignment is sitting in a lovely warm bubble bath with a face mask on, glass of rosé wine, watching old episodes of Grey's Anatomy. My alignment is sprawled out on the couch, fresh air coming in through the window, working my way through my ever-growing record collection. My alignment is wearing a sheet mask on my face on a Sunday evening while watching Homeland and getting an early night's sleep. My alignment is going for a run with no headphones. Welcome to a very special episode of Alonement, the podcast about the time you spend alone and why it matters. As you probably know by now, I'm your host, Francesca Spector, and this episode is to mark the publication of my very first book, Alonement, How to Be Alone, and absolutely own it. Before we kick off this episode, I wanted to give a thank you of massive proportions to everyone who's helped me get to this point. Because without your support, none of it would have been possible. And that's why before I started making this episode, I did a shout out on social media to find out what alonement means to you. Lots of you got in touch with me via voice note to share your personal examples of alonement some of which you will have already heard at the very beginning, and I'll be sharing more later on. Hearing all of your contributions filled me with so much joy. I genuinely felt chills when I put them all together. Okay, so what's on the agenda for this episode? Over the next half hour or so, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my upcoming book before taking a look back at some of the most downloaded podcast episodes from the past three seasons. Then, you lucky things, I'm going to share an extract from the audiobook edition of Alonement, How to Be Alone and Absolutely Own It, read by, you guessed it, yours truly. Alonement, the book, is of course out now in hardback, audiobook and ebook editions. And while bookshops are sadly closed at the present moment, 
The good news is you can order it online from Amazon, Waterstones, WH Smith, Foils, Blackwells and all major booksellers. And of course, it's available from the wonderful bookshop.org, which partners with and supports independent bookshops. Alonement, How to Be Alone and Absolutely Own It is a practical guide and a manifesto all about learning to love quality time with yourself. It's packed with useful advice, eye-opening case studies and expert insights into how you can make your alone time work for you. Part memoir, it's inspired by my own journey from an extreme extrovert who once struggled to spend even an hour alone into someone who, even in the midst of a global pandemic, has learned to thrive through harnessing the power of time with me, myself and I. And of course, it includes lessons from every guest on the first two seasons of the podcast. So if you already love the show, this is definitely the book for you. But hey, don't just take my word for it. It's been described by Alan de Botton as a hugely generous and thoughtful book, which emphasizes the dignity and adventure of a life lived on one's own terms. Felicity Cloak said, Thoughtful and thought-provoking, it made me genuinely excited about spending time in my own company. It's a kind, wise celebration of solo living, a joyous invitation to make your own declaration of independence. That's according to best-selling author Daisy Buchanan. Alonement started with a personal journey, but it's actually through interviewing guests on this podcast, including Florence Given, Connie Hook and Alexandra Shulman, that I realised just how universally powerful alonement is. I learnt that taking solo time to think about who you are and what you want can change your life. Every single one of the guests that I spoke to on this podcast has used alonement to help them get where they are today. So for the purposes of this special episode today, I've picked out four guests from the archive who really captured what alonement means for me. As ever, I hope you enjoy listening and coming with me on this trip down memory lane. But first, I wanted to share a few more examples of alonement shared by listeners. My alonement is blasting music on my earphones and having a proper dance. My alonement is going for a walk to the park on a sunny day and then sitting and reading whatever book I have at the time for an hour or two. My alonement is waking early to chop a healthy salad and scramble eggs for a quiet, contemplative breakfast. My alonement is getting creative. So after a long day in front of the screen or in the office, taking the time to really indulge in some creativity, be that pottery or painting or sewing or even baking. My alonement is making a flask of coffee and going for a lovely long walk to get some fresh air and lose myself in either a favourite podcast or a good audiobook. My alonement is setting off on my motorbike with nowhere to go. No matter. My alonement is running along South Bank at dusk. My alonement is taking long hikes in nature. The first guest is philosopher and School of Life founder Alan de Botton, 
who is incidentally also the first ever guest I had on this podcast. Some of the reason why this self-examination is so difficult is not merely uh, a sort of coincidence that we can't um, remember. It's more, there's more intention than that. And that is that we have heavy investments in forgetting and not examining because a lot of what we find when we do start to examine ourselves and we do start to focus on things is anxiety inducing material of one kind or another. We might discover that we're not in love with who we should be in love with or that we are envious of somebody that it's really awkward to be envious of or that we are newly conscious of an inadequacy that would mean that we really have to alter our lives in a certain way. So we're likely to stumble on difficult stuff. And it's for this reason that being on your own is for many, many people, um, not just a bit boring, because that makes it sound um, coincidental. It's actually positively frightening. It's horrible. And it's horrible because you're in danger of stumbling on bits of information that will require pain in one way or another. The pain of mourning, the pain of needing to take action, um, the pain of realizing that life isn't the way you want it to be, etc. So there's going to be some cost to doing this. So it isn't enough to say that you can know yourself by being alone, because there are ways of being alone that below the surface are actually ways of not being with yourself. Imagine somebody who uh, says, you know, I need to spend time alone and um, cancels all social appointments and sits at home. But actually, what are they doing at home? Maybe, you know, they're checking the news every two minutes or maybe they are repetitively um, using their mind to, to avoid uh, an, another kind of um, introspection. So, you know, both both with the status of being alone and the status of being with someone, it's not really that that defines the issue. You can be with somebody and exploring your mind, if, if it's the right sort of creative listener. And you can be so-called on your own, but still doing your absolute hardest not to reckon with yourself. I think what Alan highlights here is just how negative many of our experiences of alone time are, and why it's such a stigmatised way of being. To be honest, before I started alonement, I was only ever familiar with the bad kind of alone time too. Especially when me and my ex-boyfriend broke up and I was living alone for the first time in my life, every evening that I didn't have a plan was an absolute recipe for disaster. What Alan reminds us of here is that you need to work at making alone time a positive experience. And this is something that I talk about a lot in the book. There's a whole chapter, in fact, on solitude skills, which are effectively the tools you need to make alone time a space for self-knowledge, personal growth, and also at times just a whole lot of fun where you can explore the things that you love to do that make you feel like yourself. Alan also talks about the idea of being scared of your own thoughts, which again, is one of the main reasons that we run away from alone time. It's a hugely relatable feeling. And it's something that I explore at length in another chapter of the book. Learning to sit with uncomfortable thoughts is, in my mind, essentially the entry ticket on that journey towards turning alone time into alonement. I know how hard that is. 
And for everyone, it's an ongoing process. But believe me, it's worth making that effort for what alone time can eventually give to you. My second quote comes from the brilliant author and journalist Nell Frizzell. The really special thing about Nell is that she speaks just as beautifully as she writes, and she's an incredibly beautiful writer. When I had Connie Hook, the former Blue Peter presenter on this podcast, she spoke about alonement as a sort of pre-children life stage. But do you think that, you know, now that your son is three, do you think that it's something that you are feeling you're able to integrate back in now? Mm. I think I would relate it to just occasionally now I wake up with a feeling it's almost like you've woken up with a song in your head that you sort of know but can't quite remember or you can smell something that is familiar but you can't quite locate what it is or you have there's something exciting and you you know the feeling the few seconds before you remember it's your birthday but you wake up knowing that it's a nice day and I think I now that my son is weaned so I'm no longer breastfeeding him and he goes to nursery uh, which is a fairly relative a relatively recent development so he's not with me all the time and uh, I am physically almost the same person I was before I had a baby I occasionally wake up And the thing I'm remembering and the sort of tantalizing flavor that I can almost locate is what it felt like to be alone before I had a child or it's the person I was before I had children. So Connie, I can completely understand what Connie Huck means. But the brilliance of that is that you get it more and more the older your child gets, you know, and I think that that's the, when people say it takes a village, I, I completely agree that the reason you need other adults in your life as a parent is in order to enact the roles that you can't. I cannot be every everything that my child needs. I can't discipline him all the time. I can't love him all the time in a sort of cheerful playaways way. I can't make him laugh all the time. I can't be the only person to feed him. I can't be the only person to play with him. He needs other people. And as other people become entwined in his life, I'm more free to do the things that fill up my internal hollows. And for me, that's always been nature. And I'm, you know, I'm not talking about a grandiose, like I'm going to walk the Andes appreciation of nature. I literally mean waking up at five in the morning and sort of, paddling through silt to have freezing cold dip in the middle of December you know it can be something fairly brutal and small and short but it makes me it makes me feel alive and vital in a way that I struggle to when I'm at home you know with the heating on being playing with Lego (laughs) I don't feel particularly vital during that time and so my alonement is particularly in lockdown I have to say it's more about discovering the gaps in what to the outside might look like a full life in which to have those moments of isolation by choice 
I thought this was such a wonderful description of what alonement means to Nell after becoming a parent. What I loved about this quote, in fact, is that she shows you can rediscover the joy of alonement at any life stage. And I think we don't talk about that enough. There's this whole narrative about being alone when you're single or before you have kids. But I truly believe that alonement is something you can benefit from, regardless of your age, life stage or relationship status. And because I don't have direct experience of that myself, that's why it was so important for me to get a variety of people on the show to show what alonement could look like in a marriage or as a parent or after divorce, not just when you're single and living alone, which is my experience. In fact, parenthood is, ironically, when many people discover the value of alonement in the first place because They'd never really had to fight for that sense of independence before. I think those lesser spoken truths are really important to talk about. And that's why I'm so grateful for Nell expressing it here. My next quote is from radio and television presenter Vic Hope. Everyone is different, but everyone feels a lot of the same things. So... I guess understand. So I learned a word recently, um, sonder, which is the realization that every single person's life is as complex and vivid and beautiful as your own. And it sometimes it just hits you. Like I'll be looking out the window. I can I look out over the the train tracks um in Dalston, and mm. sometimes you see the train go by and there's like tons and tons of people on it, and you just think you have a moment of sonder. Like you have a moment where you realize that all these people like have hopes and dreams and fears and loved ones and heartbreaks and all the things that you feel so intensely they felt them intensely too like it's mad to feel that that there's so much feeling like just bristling inside a train carriage so much and every one of those people was born and will die and have this vivid complex life in the middle so appreciating that that that's happening you never know what's going on in someone's head at any given time and I think relationships with different people teach us that um, like nothing else because so often we're on different pages and we don't know what's going on and it's because they've got their own life too and we've got to remember that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think having that kind of perspective, I think is that a good way to transcend loneliness? If you're living by yourself and you you watch a train going past and you know that there's so much life elsewhere, there's that sort of connection. Yeah, I mean, you can feel lonely in a room full of people um, and you can feel so content completely on your own. But I think realising that we're all of these souls just intermingling, passing each other by, it does help put things in perspective and realise that we're all alone. If you know what I mean, like we're, we're you're not alone because look at how many different people there are all the time, but... Also, every single one of them is is its own unit. Mm. Um, I guess the word, like the word alone, it's like it's solo, isn't it? It means you're a, you're a unit, you're you're one, but it also means unique. So there is a, there is there is you alone <laughs> who is anything like you. Um, so in that respect, it's it's a word that holds so much power. You alone know what you know, feel what you feel. But then look how many of you are alone. Um, everywhere yeah and you know it gives that sort of positive 
that positivity you know yeah you are you know like you are alone you are unique you're one of a kind and that you know that's uh, that's lovely that's actually I've never thought about the words alone as being you know that uniqueness but I think that's yeah alone diamond <laughs> <laughs> I found Vic's definition of what alone means to her so beautiful Alone is a word with many connotations, but this is the first time I'd heard it defined in terms of uniqueness. Vic gives a deep, profound meaning to the purpose of our alonement time, because as she says, we are unique. And, you know, if we don't celebrate that, if we don't spend time investing in our passions, reflecting on our values and creating a foundation of self-care to live our best lives, then we're neglecting that aloneness. My final quote is from Daisy Buchanan. Daisy was a very special guest for me personally, having spent the best part of a decade reading and admiring her work before I had the privilege of meeting her personally. They say never meet your heroes, but in this case, I'm really glad I did because Daisy in person is every bit as kind, funny and emotionally intelligent as she seems on paper. Plus, it was actually the final podcast interview I got to do in person before the uh, pandemic. I think it's very difficult to be empathetic and to be a human and respectful and understanding of other people's humanity when we've got constant abstract little pieces of information about thousands of people that we met once or barely know and we dangerously think we know because we're not having real exchanges for them we're just throwing out bits of our lives with each other and that comes back to drones and radiators I think it's quite draining if you know you meet someone at a party say, hi, how are you? I'm like, great. And then like, and here's my CV. Here's the talk I just did. And I understand because we live in a world where we're all being made to feel increasingly secure about, insecure about this. And we need to keep selling ourselves. And so the condition is really exacerbating itself. It's a vicious circle. I think it comes back to what you said with your analogy earlier. I think it's knowing who you are without being a sum of your parts mm. or your work. Yes, which is difficult. And I think what I've realised now is, and that's the value of time alone, I don't know who I'm finding it out, who I am, really. And that's very, very exciting. You know, it should be a nourishing and nurturing time. I'm really trying to unpick a lot of the assumptions that I've made about myself based on who I've been trying to perform for other people. And I'm really excited about having this core of me that I don't have to share. And again, it comes back to that, that we need to share absolutely all of ourselves. And I think that the value of time on your own well spent is protecting it. Since recording this episode with Daisy, I often find myself thinking about this idea of having a piece of myself that I don't have to share. I think it's so important that all of us cultivate that and alonement is a space in which to do it. We live in an age where we can choose to spend every waking moment connected, virtually, if not physically, with others. This idea of alonement as cultivating a centre of you-ness really spoke to me, and I think it's yet another powerful reminder of just how valuable our alonement is. Now, to finish off this episode, 
I want to share with you an exclusive extract from the Alonement audiobook. Alonement is about moderation. We don't really do moderation in British culture. We're weekend warriors, we're crash dieters, we're intermittent fasters, we're 30-day abs challenges, we're work hard, play hard. Media representations of being alone are typically extreme. We read about national loneliness epidemics, people getting married to themselves, and during the coronavirus lockdown, there was a particular appetite for stories of solo mountain climbers and around-the-world sailors and island hermits. Headline-grabbing, yes. Relatable, not so much. Looking to history for solitary icons, you might think of artists or composers like Mozart, Kafka and Wordsworth. Through romanticising the reclusive genius, obsessive, cut off from society and almost exclusively white and male, and imagining theirs as the only way to be alone, we're left with something that's completely removed from our everyday lives. How could we ever emulate this intense behaviour? Would we even want to? To be honest, just the word solitude has a loftiness that I kind of resent. That's where learning to appreciate alonement comes in. Quality time alone, often for short lengths of time, like a quiet afternoon or a languid weekend. While for a select few, being alone for an extended period of time might be a fail-safe recipe for an epiphany, see Taylor Swift and other geniuses, yes, the folklore album is a work of genius, who created masterpieces during lockdown. For others, this might not work out so well. I was certainly challenged by the long stretch of alone time while living alone during the first coronavirus lockdown. Four months without a hug is tough, even though I spent it writing a book about spending time alone. Did I mention I was essentially living in a social experiment of my own making? Just eat a balanced diet is possibly the least marketable weight loss advice, but long term it's the most rewarding and this analogy equally applies to spending time alone. According to Michael Harris, solitude and connection are elements in a larger social diet. We need both, just like we need carbohydrates and fats, but we can do damage to ourselves by consuming too much of either. Rather than undertaking long periods of solitude, most of us benefit from a balance of regular moments of retreat from others. Social connection and alone time require a delicate balancing act, and alonement is a word that acknowledges the importance of both. As I mentioned earlier, simply being alone is rarely a magic bullet for any sort of self-growth. We all know, some more than others, how alone time can devolve into our most destructive tendencies and addictive behaviours, including everything from obsessively checking social media and the news to eating and exercise disorders, drugs and alcohol dependency. Or else, alone time can be spent in a sort of relatively harmless, hedonistic way, binge-watching box sets, mindlessly snacking, idly scrolling Instagram. You might be alone, but you sure as hell won't be reaping any benefits typically associated with solitude. Alonement means thinking proactively about how you can turn this time into a positive experience. It's about quality, not quantity. By focusing on alonement as a value used to inform your day-to-day life, 
you'll find it easier to settle on a version that works for your situation. Because while alonement can be a solo trip to another country, it's more often the 10 minutes before work you spend making coffee and sitting down to savour it, or the hour of phone-free time you give yourself before bed to journal or rearrange your sock drawer or simply stare into space. Taking this time may not seem like a particularly big deal, and you may question whether it's enough to really impact your life. Bear with me. One thing you can be certain of with alonement is that you get back more than you put in. Try making a little space for it in your life, and you'll begin to see how powerful it can be. I hope you enjoyed listening to this special episode of Alonement. If you particularly enjoyed the audiobook version of my book, it's now available to buy from Audible. If you'd prefer to read the print or ebook edition, you can buy online from Amazon, Waterstones, Foils, or any major bookseller. Thank you so much to everyone who's bought a copy of the book so far. It was a joy to write, and it's a joy to be able to share it with you, finally. To be able to spend a year writing a book about a subject that I feel so passionately about has been an absolute dream come true. Learning to take time for myself has changed my life, not just professionally, but personally. I truly hope that this book will change your life in the same way that it's transformed mine. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. That's all for now. See you next week with a brand new episode of the podcast. And now, some final alonement moments. My alonement is listening to my favourite opera arias on high volume while sipping some delicious red wine and escaping into my own world. Alonement for me is being comfortable being alone, really. I love being able to switch off and have time to myself, whether that's putting on a podcast or doing some tidying up. Also for me, saying no to plans and feeling comfortable and saying no. My alonement is walking along the Thames at sunset and taking in the beautiful scenery of London. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.